Hi. I got into a bit of trouble last week. Spoke for far too long and had too much fun. So this week, I'm going to have twice as much fun in half the time. <laughs> a little addendum to last week. We were talking about God preparing good works for us beforehand and for us to walk in those works. I just want to say that those works can be anywhere. They can be at work. They can be at home. They can be with your family. They can be in your leisure. They can even be at church in ministry. But so often we look at them and say, oh, they're just things for church, but they're not, because God doesn't have just church. He has life, and his life covers every aspect of our lives, and he's involved in every aspect of our lives. I thought he was giving me an increased favor and grace for the computer, and we, we, we lost Lizzie's mouse on the way down from Sydney, and we went out and bought a really expensive $10 Kmart mouse, and we came in last week, plugged it in, and it wouldn't work. Took it home, plugged it in, wouldn't work. I walked out and I said to Liz, I wish I hadn't lost the receipt for this really expensive mouse, it doesn't work. And Liz took it and looked at it, turned it upside down and switched it on and said, yes it does. <laughs> um, anyway, I want to leave you with three, I want to start this morning with three scriptures, four scriptures. The first one is John 10.10 10, and these will be all ones that you'll recognize. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I come, Jesus said, that you may have life and have it abundantly. That's a real promise. 1 John 3, 4 says, The Son of God appeared for this purpose, to destroy the works of the devil. And a verse that you'll hear from me probably every time I speak is Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly, not a little bit more abundantly, but far more abundantly, beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us, to him be the glory. I'm expecting God to do more than I expect this morning. And I expect a lot, so he's got a challenge. I didn't like to challenge God, that's probably not right, is it? And, isn't it any? and my third, third verse, fourth verse, is the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1 to 10. I'm not going to read all because I'll run out of time. But every chapter, Jesus heals. He delivers. He performs miracles. And I often read those before I do set free. Because that's the God that I know. He's living and active and moving and wants to do miracles today. My Bible says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So what he did 2,000 years ago, he's going to do today. And we're going to have some fun with it, maybe, later. Okay, a quick story. 20-plus years ago, Phil Henry and myself went to a deliverance conference in Cabramatta. Now, they need deliverance in Cabramatta. Let me tell oh, I'm not allowed to say that. Um, it lasted a day. I think it was a Canadian couple. And they, just, they did it mass deliverance. So there were about 80, 90 people in the room. They taught they prayed. Every now and then somebody would manifest and they'd get carted off into another room somewhere. To, I don't know what they did with them in the other room, but I'm sure they prayed for them. Um, and it was such fun. We just started the church at this point. It wasn't long after we started Northridge and we're driving home. I'm driving home. Phil's sitting there and he's saying, Harry, I'd really like us to do something like that at Northridge. If you heard my story last week, you know, I got 10 to 15 years experience in healing and deliverance. I, I, I put my hand up, I only put one hand up because I had the steering wheel in the other one, and I said, 
I'm your man, Phil. I'd do that. About three weeks later, Phil, Kath, and I ran the first set free in Northridge Vineyard. We ran it in a little office, the church office, in fact. We got about a dozen people there. And you know what? God showed up. And he healed people and he delivered people. Quite amazingly, more than I expected. It was great. It was so much fun that we've been running it every year, three or four times a year ever since, right until COVID hit. And I'll tell you the COVID story a little bit later. To cut a really long story short, over the years, we, we actually took the basics of the course that these people had done, and we added quite a lot to it. We've changed it quite a lot, and we've developed a way of ministry which works so effectively, it's not true. Well, it is true, because it works. I was lying then. And the way ministry is that we get a group of up to 20 people together, four or five ministry teams. Each ministry team is usually a male and a female. And we split the group down into groups of three or four. We do the teaching, we keep it short, and then we do the prayer ministry with them. And that takes as long as it takes. I have one couple at the moment. The husband took 45 minutes to go through the forgiveness session. His wife has taken an hour and she's not finished yet. That's unusual. I normally get through them about 15 minutes each, which makes it a much better day because otherwise it'd be a really long day. Set free works for most people. It doesn't work for everybody. But the number of people it hasn't worked for have been immensely small, less than 1%, I would say. We've had over 1,000 people through it in the last 20 years. We've taken it to Kazakhstan. We've got it established in Wajin in Western Australia. And it has been really, really successful. I wonder if you just put that slide up. So what is Set Free? Set Free is essentially a framework, a ministry framework, where we have put together topics which cover all the bases, at least all the bases we know about. So this is how we run it in Northridge. We start on Friday evening about 7.30, and we finish around 11-ish. And we do a couple of sessions. We introduce it. We do rules of engagement. We do forgiveness. The forgiveness session is one of the biggest sessions that we run. It's not about you being forgiven. It's about the individual and the participants giving forgiveness to other people. And it has had amazing, amazing results. One chap who, um, and it's surprising what God does, because you think, I didn't need to do forgiveness. I've been a Christian for 40 years and know how to forgive. We had one chap in that situation, and when we prayed and asked the Holy Spirit to bring to his memory, he had a school teacher come to his memory from 30 years previously, and he was a drama teacher, and it was in the days when corporal punishment was allowed, and this drama teacher would go around the room slapping the kids on the head. And this chap had headaches. He forgave that teacher, and he hasn't had a headache since. And that was 10, 15 years ago. It's a big session. And then we go in on the Saturday, starting at 9-ish, 9 o'clock sharp. We do generational inheritance and cultural inheritance. We do the occult. Fears and phobias. Phobias is a tiny little one that's a standalone session, and I plugged it in just to keep wake people up after Saturday lunch. Takes about 10, 15 minutes, but it's had some amazing results. We had one chap who used to minister on the team who was a doctor, and he had a morbid fear of heights. 
he would go up in the lift and he would literally crawl out and crawl around the building because he was too afraid to stand up. He wouldn't go up ladders, he wouldn't do anything. He was completely and totally set free of that in two minutes flat. And we've had lots and lots, we have lots of stories like that. We then talk about soul ties and unhealthy relationships and healing past relationships, the power of words, ungodly beliefs, healing, we do physical healing, and that's another semi-standalone session, although in my view, everything's generally tied up. We are body, soul, and spirit, and what affects our spirit affects our bodies. What affects our bodies can affect our spirit and our soul. And so we've got that thing where we need to do holistic, a holistic approach to healing. And then we do walking in freedom and wrap up. All subject to divine intervention. And it's really fun when the Holy Spirit shows up. He always shows up. We were in Kazakhstan and uh, members of the team around the building we were meeting in because we weren't allowed to meet as a group. And um, came to the Saturday night and I was going to do a healing session. But actually as I was walking to do it, the Holy Spirit said, the alarm's going. <laughs> I've not run out of time already, have I? <laughs> um, the Holy Spirit said, no, I want you to talk about me. Now, these guys were pretty much all cessationists. They didn't believe in the work of the Holy Spirit. So I went and I spoke about the Holy Spirit, the gift of the Spirit, moving in the Spirit, and all those kind of good things. And by the end of the evening, practically everybody was speaking in tongues. There was one set of twins there, one of them was my interpreter, and these girls were lying in a thing with their heads together, tears rolling down their face and blabbering away in tongues. It was absolutely brilliant. So we, we, we're guided very much by the Holy Spirit and what he does and what he wants to do. We have never advertised. In Northridge, we started off just with Northridgeans coming. And by about five years later, it was 50% Northridgeans and 50% people from all other kinds of churches. And as it went on, and we've had 21 people, 21 participants, and one for Thridge. The rest have come from Hillsong, High Anglican churches, Low Anglican churches, Baptist churches, all over the place. The really fun thing about the Sydney Anglicans is that they're very cessationists. I don't know what they're like in Melbourne, they might be quite different, but we had the youth pastor from a High Anglican church his brother and his wife turn up for set free. And they said, we're cessationists. And I said, great, welcome, have a seat. And we went and did what we always do. Came to Saturday, Sunday afternoon, youth pastor puts his hands up and says, Harry, I'd like to speak in tongues. But you're a cessation, no, no, I didn't say that. So I said, you just come up here. So he walked up to the front, laid hands on him, bang, straight off speaking in tongues. He went back to his seat, he put his hands on his brother's shoulder and he turned around to me and he said, Harry, I need to change my theology. And I said, yes, but don't tell anybody when you go back to your church. And that, that kind of thing is quite common. We had one woman do the course and she's a lovely She got so much out of it that the next course we ran, we had her husband and children along. The course after that, we had her sister, her brother-in-law and their children. And it was great. We, we've, just, we've never advertised it. It's just got out there as to how much value there is in it. We had a couple of psychologists and counsellors who used to refer their clients to us. 
and send the client, you know, go along to set free, that'll be worth three years of therapy. And they did, and it, it worked. Um, it was really good. We have seen people healed of all kinds of things. Sexual, physical, emotional abuse by family, authorities and church figures. Lots and lots of different things. And also lots of things that people didn't realize they even had. We introduced Freemasonry about three or four years into Set Free. Now, Freemasonry is pure deliverance. Set Free is actually very interactive and it covers lots of different areas. The Freemasonry ministry is pure deliverance. It is purely breaking the power of what other people, mainly ancestors, have done in our lives. Because I, I think we've only ever had one person who's been involved in Freemasonry and come on the Freemasonry course. Everybody else has had um, ancestors, parents, grandparents, great-grandparents, great-great-grandparents. So you go back four generations, that's 30 people. And the effect of Freemasonry on people's life has been immense. Liz and I did it, and we felt absolutely nothing. For the couple who did it, we drew them into the Set Free team because we were really good at it. And then we brought Freemasonry in. We had one lady do it whose life was transformed in every area of her life. Her work, her finances, her marriage relationship, and her church experience were all transformed when she went through Freemasonry. I used to run Freemasonry with a girl who close friend, someday I was investing in, and her grandparents were quite high up in masonry. And they had a lovely garden, but there was a patch about a meter square where nothing would grow. Literally nothing would grow. No matter, what, no matter how much they fertilized it, or got the cat to fertilize it, nothing would grow. So she dug it up. And about a foot down, she found all of our grandfather's masonry garments, apron, chains, stuff, dug it up, burnt it, threw away what she couldn't burn, and the place was fertile from then on in. The effects of it can be quite dramatic. We had another lady whose father was one of the top masons in Sydney. And the way we do Freemasonry, it's a bit boring. We actually go through a level. This woman could not speak the vows out. We had to keep stopping and going back. And she actually did the, she did the course three times before she was completely set free. It was just, you know, incredible. And yet other people go through it and they'll feel nothing, but they'll change. We, we, the, um, again, the Sydney Anglicans have a big issue with the generational teaching that we do and about inheriting things. And we had this young Anglican girl come along. And she came to the Freemasonry session and she stood up and she said, I don't believe any of this. So there were 10 people in the room doing it, and I said, has anybody here been involved in Freemasonry? And they all said, no. So I said to this Anglican girl, I said, look, if somebody manifests, it means they've inherited it. You, do, do you agree with that? And she said, yes. Guess who the first person to manifest was? Absolutely wonderful. I love it when God does that. Do you want Sydney time, London time, or Frankfurt time for me finishing? Um, One of the philosophies of Freemasonry is that the most important person in the room is not the ministry team. It's not the Holy Spirit. It's the person we're praying for. 
because God respects our wills. He respects us as people. And one of the things that we emphasize is honoring the people that we're praying for. Now, we want to go as far as the Holy Spirit and God wants to go. We don't want to go further, but we don't want to stop short. But at the same time, if somebody chooses not to do something, then we will respect that. So a few years back, I had one of the leaders come to me, and he said, I've got this chap. He's been really seriously sexually abused, and he refuses to do the forgiveness for them. What I said, nothing. Do something else. Pray for somebody else. Move on. And he was really upset about that, but he did. He moved on. That same person came back six months later and was totally and completely and wonderfully healed of all the memories around that abuse and set free of all the effects of that abuse because that was God's timing for him. And it was his timing for him. You know, I think God could have done it the first time, but chose, you know, the person chose not to. And that's important. It's easier to talk about physical healing than emotional and spiritual healing because you can see the effects of the physical healing. Sometimes you don't see the effects very clearly of emotional and spiritual healing. But just a couple of them. We had a girl come to us. She actually came straight from the psychiatric ward at Hornsby Hospital. She had been really badly abused. She self-harmed on a weekly basis probably several times a week, and committed, tried to commit suicide fairly regularly. And she came out of hospital having just come this close to being successful in committing suicide. We took her through set free, through the forgiveness, and from that point on, her self-harm went from, if it was this big, it went to this big, and she never tried to commit suicide again. Just the depth of healing in that girl was huge. I mean, we, we did walk with her for a few years. She was part of our church. We walked with her for a few years afterwards. We've seen marriages saved. One of the really fun things is, that, you know, nine months after somebody's done that free, they phone up and say, oh, we've got a baby now. Thank you so much. It wasn't me. <laughs> it's God, you know. <laughs> But that, that's also a fairly regular occurrence. In terms of physical thing, um, the, I, the, one of the challenges I had in preparing this message was to tell you what stories, was to decide what stories to tell. So this is one of my favorites. This young woman presented, her attitude stank. She, was, she just gave me such a hard time from the Friday night to the Saturday lunchtime. And I discovered during the process that she had a broken pelvis. Her pelvis was broken when her three-year-old daughter was born, and she was a great deal of pain with it. But she was just really hard to deal with. So in my usual empathetic way, in great love, I said, if God healed your body, would you change your attitude? <laughs> and she said, yes. So I prayed for her, and she got instantly healed. Her attitude changed. We, had, we did more of that afternoon than we'd done the whole time up to then. And um, five o'clock came round, and she comes up to me, and there's tears pouring down her face. You can take that slide off now. Thank you. Um, there's tears pouring down her face, and she said, Harry, my, my pelvis is broken again. My natural reaction would have been to pray for her again. But I just felt a check in my spirit and the Holy Spirit restrained me. 
So I said, okay, we'll pray for you again tomorrow at the healing session. And away she went. Now, I'm expecting her next morning to turn up looking like thunder. She turned up with a nice smile on her face, looking quite happy. And I thought, what's happened there? So I went over to her and said, how are you? And she said, I'm absolutely great. I walked in the house last night. My three-year-old daughter cupped my hands in her face and said, Mommy, has Jesus healed you? And I was instantly healed. And she was permanently healed. Do I know why that happened that way? Absolutely no idea. I can conjecture about some things, but I don't really know. And she was permanently healed because I checked up with some friends about six months later and said, yep, no, she's doing great. She's riding horses, she's swimming, she's dancing, she's wearing high heels, she's doing all the things she couldn't do. I had another girl come to me and present with emphysemia. I had not a clue what emphysemia was. My medical knowledge is a little below zero. Well, it's not quite below zero. I do know quite a lot now. But she prevented with emphysemia. She had, she had, when she was four and a half years old, she'd had an illness, and um, she had picked up emphysemia as a byproduct of that, which meant her pain levels in the whole of her body were up around a seven or an eight. That's pretty high. Now, so we prayed for her on the Friday night. Nothing happened. Prayed for her on the Saturday morning. Nothing happened. Prayed for her on the Saturday afternoon, and she suddenly said, Harry, I can't feel my legs. And I said, oh, God, what have we done? <laughs> and she said, no, 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 I can't feel any pain in my legs. For the first time in N squared years, I can't feel pain in my legs. And I thought, hallelujah, that's good. <laughs> and then during the rest of the course, she got free from pain in the rest of her body. How are we doing for the movie? Oh, we might be there. <laughs> if you blink. One guy came, he was a runner, he used to run a lot. He knew one leg was shorter than the other. He got healed. He went back to his church and two weeks later he rang me and he said, Harry, what do I do? I said, what do you mean, what do you do? He said, everybody I'm praying for is getting healed. I said, that's easy, pray for more people. And, and he was, his, his healing ministry was so successful that his pastor made him take two weeks off work to go to Indonesia on a short-term mission. And they had an absolute blast. I've got no idea how he's doing now, because we've kind of gone. And then there was another chap. Right at the end of the healing session, this bloke comes up to me. The, other, the rest of the team had prayed for him and nothing had happened. He said, I've got a bad back. Can you heal me? Sure. Put my hand on his I'm tired by this time, and I'm not really thinking very clearly. Hand on his shoulder. Command his back to come into the order of the kingdom of God and to be renewed. And he touches his toes. I find later that 10 years early, he had injured his back at work. His spine had been fused and steel plates put in, and it was physically impossible for him to touch his toes. It was really quite fun. I'm going to finish up now. I'm not going to finish up now. I want you to hear a testimony. Laura, thank you so much for agreeing to do this little interview with us. We really appreciate that. Can you just kind of share who you are and where you live and maybe a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so uh, my name is Laura McHugh, and I live in Tyler, Texas in the United States. And Debbie and I have been dear friends since childhood, and she introduced me to Harry. Why, I guess, why did you decide to give Set Free a try? I, years ago, had a very serious back injury. I was training a horse and was thrown into a metal fence uh, two times 
sometimes it's not good to get back on the horse uh, if it's not a good horse. <laughs> so I was living life with a really severe back injury that I wouldn't necessarily say it was debilitating. I could do life, but it was constant. It was this ever present pain and discomfort. And I had done prayer ministry before I had so many people had prayed over it. The elders at my church had anointed me with oil. I had been, I've just so desperately wanted healing. And you and I were talking about that and you were really gracious with me and you're like, yeah, I hear you. And I hear those points. You have nothing to lose. Would you be willing to just have a conversation with this guy, Harry? And <laughs> kind of explained to me what set free was and to be totally honest I was really apprehensive of it I don't know it just doesn't feel like anything's gonna change I've done all of those things I've had counseling I have prayed I have you know so I came into set free quite reticent Mm. I think it's really brave first of all too that you gave something else a try that's really cool so well done for you for trying something else. It's beautiful, Laura. So can you talk about um, the actual course? Yeah, I can't say I had too many expectations. I mean, I really was like, all right, I mean, I'll do this because I love Deb. I don't know this hairy guy. <laughs> so when I started Set Free, I, I felt weight. Mm-hmm. And during Set Free, it was like every single week, the image that came to mind was just being bound up in chains. And I loved Jesus and pursued Jesus for years and and been full of the Holy Spirit. But there was just some bondage that I didn't know was there. And every week it was like one more round of chains came off. Wow. And, And each week I felt lighter and lighter. And one week we were specifically doing some work on, I had opened the door to some things spiritually in my past that were really dark, um, things that were not of God. And it was at a time when I was not walking with the Lord. And that week specifically when we prayed and specifically about yoga and some, uh, just some dangerous spiritual stuff that I had opened the door to. I felt something leave my back and it was like it had slithered or it was like some, <laughs> it was like a snake was unwinding itself in my back and it was the beginning of such intense healing it was the first time in a really long time that I had some relief in spite of all of the chiropractic care and all of the massage therapy and all of the physical therapy and all of these things that I had done, God was brought restoration through that freedom. And then just each week after that, it was just a little bit more until it was just like one last chain around my ankles and that was broken. So it was just such an incredible experience. And, and, you know, just, I, I think because of how long this injury had been a part of my life, we did some prayer work even after set free where we would meet and continue praying. And 
it's the most relief I have experienced since the injury. And, you know, today, and I, I know I'm jumping ahead out of um, set free, but just glimpse into where I'm at. I, I got to swim today with my kids and swam for hours and hours without feeling like I had to go sit on the edge of the pool because I was in pain. Wow. Wow. It's just so powerful. It's so it's yeah. Wow. Laura, thank you for sharing. That's incredible. Um, and that was kind of my last. I believe question. there's a non-goofy heel this morning. So I'd like one volunteer, somebody with pain in their body. Nobody's got pain in their body. Oh, well, we don't need a healing session then, do we? <laughs> oh, two can come, come on. You're Rob. I know you're Rob because you just said so. <laughs> so, Rob, tell us, how, tell us about your pain. Um, I've been struggling with sort of, um, well, I'm, I'm assuming it's work-related, but elbow pains. And, uh, yeah, just the last few weeks it's been getting worse. Okay. So it's... Um, yeah, I sort of thought, ooh, I've had a lot of um, disappointments over the years where things haven't been healed. But, yeah, here once again. So, Tom, put a level on it, zero to ten. Ten is the worst pain you've had, and zero is wonderful. Look, at, at nights and in the morning, probably about an eight. Standing here at the moment is probably six or seven. Yeah, so okay. It varies a little bit. I'm going to come around this side, because this is the side it's on. Sorry. Right. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father God, right now, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I command any spirit of infirmity to guard of Rob's arm now. In Jesus' name. I command his elbow joint to be made new, the pain to guard of his muscles, the swelling to guard of his muscles, and all the pain to drain away now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that you paid for this man's healing on your way to the cross. And we just appropriate that healing from now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. How's that? There was a six before. What's it now? Oh, probably a two. A two? That's, that's pretty good. One more prayer. Father God, right now in the name of the Lord Jesus, I, I thank you, God. You're not a God of 80%. You're a God of 100%. And right now, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I command this man's arm to be fully restored. All of the pain to go. Full movement, full strength, and a softness in his heart, Lord. Just softness in his heart, Lord. Lord, all that disappointment gone in Jesus' name. All the disappointment gone in Jesus' name. New vision, new hope. This isn't part of the healing prayer, sorry. And how's your arm now? Yeah, really good. Okay. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> Where was the other poor soul that was wandering around? <laughs> Kylie. It's worse over the day, so I'm not in actually in a lot of pain now. So I'm not going to pray for you then. I can't really test it, is my point. <laughs> no, I lied, I lied. What, what's your pain? Pain? Um, it's in the bottom of the foot. It's an entrapped nerve. It kind of started with plantar fasciitis and went into entrapped nerve, and it just, by the end of the day, I can't walk, but I'm fine at the start of the day. Don't you like that word, plantar fasciitis? <laughs> Can you say that again? Plantar fasciitis. People who have had it know what I'm talking yeah. about. Okay, we'll pray for you. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Jesus. Father, right now, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I command the trapped nerve in Kylie's foot to be completely released and healed now in the name of Jesus. I command any spirit of infirmity to go, and I command her foot right now to come into the order of the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ. And I'm sorry she can't test it, Lord, but maybe another day. <laughs> she can tell us next week. <laughs> Bless you. Good. I want to tell you one more story. Then I want to tell you something to do. Uh, we had a doctor come and set free. I love it when doctors come. And this guy came up for healing for his back. Laid hands on him, prayed for him, and he got his back healed. He was on his way back to his chair, and he turned around and said, Harry, would you pray for my ears? I'm deaf. And I said, I will, but I'm not really very good at ears. Not had a lot of luck with ears. So he came up, he took his things out, his hearing aids out. He was stone deaf. He was literally really deaf. I put my hands over his ears. I commanded the spirit of deafness to go. I commanded his ears to be fully restored. And he went to the toilet. He came back and he said, I never knew the flush was that loud. <laughs> his daughter had twisted shins. Prayed for her and her shins got healed. I don't no idea what twisted chins are, but they were quite painful. Prayed for her eyes, and her eyes were 50% healed, which unfortunately wasn't one eye getting healed. It was a prescription went down by 50%, so they had to go and buy new, doc new glasses. But he was a doctor, so they could afford it. If you haven't been healed today, please don't go away feeling disappointed. Come back next week and find either the same people or different people and get them to pray for you again. I prayed for one girl for nine months every Sunday. She, she could eat celery. She had so many food allergies that her food allergies had food allergies. I prayed for her for nine months. She did set free and then she went and did an allergy test. She came back with zero allergies and a completely healthy thyroid after nine months of prayer. We, we, we live in an instant society, and sometimes God doesn't go instantly. Does that make sense? Okay, you've had enough of me. Now I'll hand over to Di. That was awesome. Thank you. And I didn't, he didn't get in trouble last week. We just, as he was doing the editing, I said, do you see how long that is? It's almost an hour. And he's like, oh, that's a long time. So do you want to take that back? Yes, I do apologise. <laughs> my wife I got in trouble. <laughs> oh gosh, sorry, that was a loud laugh, sorry. <laughs> we really want just to invite what God's doing through this ministry and through all that Harry's bringing with testimony. It's like he's just, again, reminding us, I want to keep doing this. He's eager for this. And we want also to have a whole bunch of us that receive that freedom and then also over the next number of years, we'll be able to be offering that same freedom as we just stand in that again and invite others into that same story. We want to say, do it again here at Yarra Valley as he did at Northridge, right? So that's it. Yeah, you can clap for that. <laughs> so if you can't stay for the lunch, it doesn't disqualify you to... Uh, this is an interest lunch, okay? Okay.